How you doing? My name's Matt Barr and you are listening to episode two of Looking Sideways, a podcast where I try and uncover the most interesting stories in action sports and other related endeavours. So thanks for listening or downloading. Appreciate that. Today's guest is surfer and big wave specialist Andrew Cotton, which was a nice coup for me, really. A bit of a measure of the madness, but I didn't actually know Cotty. I mean, we had a lot of mutual friends uh, in common and I got an intro through one of them and said, uh, you know, he just emailed him and said, do you fancy being interviewed for this podcast? He got back within about five minutes and said, yeah, great. How about next week in London? Um, yeah, really generous act, I thought, considering he didn't know me from Adam, really. So yeah, measure the man. So who's Cotty? Well, Cotty is probably the UK's most high profile surfer right now, really, in terms of mainstream media. And certainly one of the foremost big wave surfers in the world right now, along with his close friend, Garrett McNamara, who figures quite heavily in this uh, conversation. He's one of a handful of surfers to have pioneered the no notoriously heavy uh, waves of Nazare in Portugal. And his feats, such as towing Garrett into what was considered one of the largest waves ever ridden, routinely make headlines around the world, especially in the UK, where he's achieved some level of mainstream notoriety as much as the fact that he's a qualified plumber as for his big wave charging, to be honest. And as ever with mainstream media coverage of action sports, these descriptions of Cotty's feats are, are very reductive, really, because the reality is that Cotty's one of the most respected watermen in the world today. And he's travelled a long way, really, from, as you'll hear from his beginnings as a surfer on Saunton as a kid to where he is today. So we recorded this conversation at Red Bull Studios in London in early 2017. And we cover a lot of ground, really. Uh, his early surf apprenticeship, his first exposure to really big waves, his early years working in a surfboard factory, and yes, how he became a plumber. I mean, we had to go there, really. Cotty also explains how a call from Garrett led him to the path that he's on today, which is really interesting, actually. It's not how I thought it all came about, put it that way. He also talks about how you cope with taking the immense wipeouts necessary to surf these really big waves, which is usually, you know, the perennial topic of fascination for everybody, I think, really, including very average surfers like myself who, um, you know, you do wonder what mindset you need to try and take off on a wave of that size and, and not worry about getting killed, really. So really fascinating hearing him talk about that. Uh, and also really interesting stuff about how setting achievable goals, methodically setting achievable goals, have led Cotty to success in a lot of areas of his life, which is, you know, which is really fascinating stuff, I think. And one thing that becomes clear as I talk to Cotty is that he does play a long and thoughtful game and it sounds like he always has really. It comes through in the answers that he gives me, which are considered and very well thought out. And it also in the way he's mapped out his wider career. As he explains, his career really has been one long series of smaller calculations that have led him to this ultimate goal, which has always been to become a professional surfer and surf the biggest waves in the world. It's a determination and a long game that's led him where he is today. I mean, he says at one point, you know, I was never satisfied with just surfing Croyd. I wanted to push things as far as they go. And I think that really comes across. So it's overall, it's a great conversation with a fascinating and thoughtful lad, really. So get stuck in. Andrew Cotton on Surfing Big Waves. Enjoy. Andrew Cotton, thanks for joining me. No worries. So you were just explaining how you're back from California. Yes. So how did that go? Um, it was it was amazing. Yeah, I've wanted to go uh, 
well, it's like every. It's one of the places like if you're a surfer or a big wave surfer, it's like one of the ones you got to do at some point, isn't it? And I've wanted to go for a long time. Uh, and I had like boards made for for Mavericks, like specifically, and about three years ago. Okay. And, and like due to like other commitments and you know and, and things like that, I haven't. This is the first time I've actually managed to get actually have the time to go. So right. There's this, a good swell on the on the cards with a good, like a couple of days of waves and uh, uh, you know everything aligned. So yeah, went for it. Yeah, did it live up to expectations? Definitely, yeah, yeah. It's, it's an, an amazing big wave spot. It, it's, it's amazing. Like it wasn't the best trip for me personally, obviously, because I got injured quite early on. So um, what happened there? Talk us through that. Uh, it was <laughs> I think it's my second wave, and um. The swell was due to pick up a lot, um, and it, the tide in the morning was high, which so wasn't a great tide for it. But I went out early, and there's only like two of us out. Okay, and it's that's yeah. quite that's quite rare, right? It's um, pretty well, busy. I think yeah, she's usually pretty busy, but with the, I think with the swell picking up, it was going to be like a, an all day affair. So I think a lot everyone was sort of like biding their time, and I I'd like you know two new boards, yeah, want <laughs> right. to put my feet in the wax a little bit, yeah, and um. Yeah, and second wave, I bottom dropped that more than I thought. I almost, like I went down and I almost actually poked, the nose almost poked, and I just pulled out. Man, I didn't, I didn't actually poke it. it, like, pulled out, and then I just fell at the bottom, like, right. really, like, randomly. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know how. And, um, yeah, and it just, it, it rattled me big time. Yeah. And, uh, Did you get held down? Uh got held, I got held down quite long, um, but it, it it's actually the force, like, I sort of, hyperextended my both my legs right um so you're worried about getting injured basically yeah and and it sort of it tweaked tweaked my knee and and i like try to i try to surf after that actually and but it just wasn't wasn't right and then like a few hours later my knee was you know swollen and it was uh yeah how big was it uh i think i think surfers would have said it was like 20 to 30 feet but like it's pretty big. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty big. Yeah, scary. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's super heavy and um, but you know it's 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 again it's like it's a beautiful wave, right? You know? And and it's like a, a lot of my big wave experience has been more maybe like in Nazare the past five years. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know it's a very different wave to that, and it's it's yeah it's. It's yeah, it's an epic place. So you'll be going back. Uh, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I, I left all my stuff there, so all my boards on that there. So yeah. And what's the verdict with the knee? Are you gonna um, be all right? Yeah, yeah. Had a, had a scan. It's just um, bruised bone. Just need to man up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop being such a wimp. So. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of that in your game. Yeah, a lot of manning <laughs> up needed. So it'd be really interesting to hear how you actually started surfing. Because how old are you now? I'm 37. And when did you? How old were you when you started? Uh. Probably about seven. Okay. And how did you get into it? Just, you know, grew up in North Devon, a lot of beaches. Um, my dad bought me a surfboard and like, sent me out. Right. Yeah, did like, he? Um, he used to pretend that he surfed, but I don't think he ever did. He, he never used to actually come surfing with me. He used to like take me down the beach and like stand on the beach. And, like, <laughs> I used to just go out and get freezing cold. And, right. Yeah, so what, what yeah. and where was that? Where were you surfing? Uh, mainly Saunton. Okay. But sometimes we nice to Yeah. 
sometimes cried. And I, I can, I, I, my first, <laughs> like the classic thing was like, obviously after like an hour or so, he just to get bored. Yeah. Want to go. And I used to just like knock out of the water. I can remember like sometimes he used to like try and like, Walk out on the on the rocks at Sorton and try and shout at me to come in. And I'd never come in. I'd just like stay out for hours. What's the first wave that you remember? Um, the first wave, I can remember. It's probably like, um, not like a specific wave, but like I can remember, like being at Sorton with like t- two or three mates we used to, I used to go down with, and um, again, yeah. Parents used to just drop us down in the morning and then pick us up at five. We'd yeah. start hanging out on the beach, in and out of the water all day. You know, like, that was good. Good memories. Do you remember what, what you liked about it back then? I don't know, actually. It was just, like, a cool thing to do. I, like, I liked... I, I was really into swimming, but, like, swimming was pretty boring. And I just liked, I liked the ocean, you know? And I had, I had actually, like, when I was a kid, I had quite bad asthma, and my parents... I got told that I should take up swimming or something because it was good for my breathing and and it was just um so I was I was confident swimmer at quite a young age and I think it was sort of surfing was like like swimming but more fun and when did it start getting more serious I I think I've always treated it serious you know like even though you know like it's always like I've always wanted it to be like even when I left school, you know, I wanted to be a professional surfer. You know? like, okay, that's what I wanted. So to it was do. always a goal that you had. Yeah, to, to try but, you and know, like make it into a more than just a hobby. Yeah, but whether that meant working in the surf industry or you know, like I I did that for a long time, and um, you know, I just wanted to submerge myself in surfing, whether it be like in the water, but or in the industry, or talking about surfboards, or I don't know, making surfboards. <laughs> I don't know, like yeah, yeah, you know just the lifestyle I suppose so that's what you did when you were younger then you found a way of working that would yeah, enable you to surf more yeah so um, I worked in a surfboard factory so you know I started just you know sweeping the floor and you know doing ding pairs and you know but yeah it enabled me to work with my passion you know like, and get information and travel a bit and get new surfboards and yeah. you know I, I suppose like then for those those first like those first few years of when I left school, I left school at 15 and I, and I did an apprenticeship straight away. So I went, um, you know, like, so 15 to 24 or whatever, I was worked at a surfboard, you know, for a surfboard factory, but pretty much surfed whenever I wanted to. Okay. Travelled a lot. Yeah. So it was like being a professional surfer. Right. But with a job. So when you had a bad time, you'd go away. Yeah. Like we, the, the factory used to shut down, like, through um, December, January, February. Um, it's just downtime. So pretty much went away every year for two or three months. So where were you going back then? Um, it varied, like uh, Indo a bit. I, yeah. went, I went to um, Indo, I went to Hawaii, Canaries, you know, Barbados. I don't know, like, like pretty much somewhere different every year. But that, that, that was when I think I had my first sort of taste for for big waves, I think when I was like eighteen, I went to Hawaii for three months and right and then North Shore, yeah, okay. and then yeah, I sort of like you know like it was like well you know like like maybe not very good at 
winning competitions or doing turns and stuff, but like going straight is pretty far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and scaring, scaring yourself shitless. Yeah, right. yeah. You know, I wouldn't say, you know, like that, it's just, you know, I wouldn't say like scaring ourselves, you know. I'm just pouring a glass of water here, so. Yeah, I wouldn't say, I'd say pushing it, you know. Is that what you liked about it? Yeah, and I, I uh, a couple of my mates that I came with me um, were a bit older and, uh, Ellis Beaton, who was working, who was an artist at the time at Gulfstream, the factory where I worked, and, yeah. and um, uh, Chargers, you know, they, they enjoyed pushing it too. So, you know, I suppose they were good sort of role models or, you know, like good people to hang out with. And yeah, yeah. We just have sunset all the time, while right. there a little bit. Okay. You know, whereas it wasn't, you know, it was great. At this point, were you kind of starting to move towards being like a what you might call a pro surfer like earning money <laughs> no, like doing no. you know what i mean like doing shoots like working with photographers yeah. that kind of thing no no this no like yeah of course you know sometimes you know you get your photo taken or you try and get your photo taken or yeah but you know i was i like glass surfboards i'd know uh, i wasn't ever like disillusioned with like you know what, what i was i was just having fun and, yeah and Earn a bit of money, tra- travelled quite a bit, you know. Um, again, you know, it was, that, it was that, that lifestyle, you know. So when did it start to change into where you are now, would you say? I would say it was probably when I quit Gulfstream to get a proper job. Um, you know, the, the classic, the proper job, you know. like. Um, so how, when I, how, how old were you then? 25. Okay. Um, I went back to college, sort of, um, as I, I'd say, say it's my like midlife crisis at 25. Yeah, like, mid-20s crisis. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was like, God, I, I'm actually trying to earn some money and like, I can't, you know, I think my parents are sort of telling me that I couldn't do what I was doing forever. And, and I, The so, classic. Yeah, yeah. The classic yeah. story. Yeah, and I was like, oh, shit, what do I do? And, um, at the time, there was like a... a a shortage of plumbers, I think, or something like that, in the media or something. So I was like, right, okay, they earn pretty good money. I'm trained to be a plumber. Right. So is that simple? Yeah, um, it was that simple. Yeah, and and then it, w- it isn't till you have that taste of like a real job, in a sense of word, or maybe not a real job, because glass and surfboards was a real job, but um, maybe the, maybe like the limitations. Yeah. I, do you know what? I think it was just like because. There was guys that I was working with, like in the plumbing, who really loved it, right? And they were passionate about it. But maybe it was something about like not working in a passion or not being passionate in your about your work. And I was just like, I can't do this. So this is like, it, and I was like, I just don't want to do it. Right. <laughs> like staring down forty years of doing yeah, that. like just and which yeah, I was just like, I can't do it. Like I need to need to you know. Need to give something, need to give like the surfing thing a shot, maybe. Or right. I need to sort of just maybe. I think it was more important to be happy and work and be poor and like, yeah, have, have a nice house or a car or a, yeah, a good job and hate it. It's quite a brave decision, though, really. Yeah, but like in a, a lot of ways, yeah, but at 20, yeah, I, I suppose. How old was I then? I can't remember, like, but maybe like 27, 28, or um. But yeah, you know, I had no commitments, you know. Right. Yeah. You know, so you were still single at that time. I was single, no kids, yeah. and like that. So, 
you know, like it didn't really matter. <laughs> it wasn't like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like I was like, yeah, really well, actually, like rolling the dice. Yeah. yeah, I just, oh, just want to go surfing. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, so how did you, what did you do to put that into effect then? How did you change it? Uh, I, there was two, the two big things there was, so I sort of knew that I didn't really want to um, go back to working in a surfboard factory. Um, but I sort of was looking at like um, how otherwise, uh, how else I could sort of, um, yeah, hone my skills, I suppose, as a surfer. Um, and that was so I sort of, the, the plan was to, I, I trained to become a lifeguard. I started working for the RLI, beach lifeguard. I could, they would train me on their equipment, jet skis. <laughs> Which is handy. Yeah, it's going to be handy. Yeah. Life-saving skills. Okay. I get to hang out on the beach all day. Yeah. And train. So effectively, I was just getting paid to go training. Did you look at it like that at the time? Yeah. I was like, okay, right, well, this is what I'm going to do. So it's quite calculated. Um. So yeah, and they're going to train me, and I'm going. And you actually, the, the, it's quite a good hourly rate. Um. You know. And then, I'm also now I'm a qualified plumber, so I can do those sort of jobs if I need to for like. Um, and the season was March till end of September, and then that left me free, or freer, to go chasing big waves. So, where were you surfing? What kind of what kind of spots were you surfing this time? Um, it's probably like more island. Okay. Uh, like, so what's this like seven eight years ago? Yeah, seven, eight. no, it's probably longer. You know, like probably, okay. probably like. 10 years ago. So like 2007, 2008? Yeah. Okay. A couple of guys that were charging there, um, like Gabe Davis and Richie Fitzgerald. And, um, but it's still relatively, you know, not, not you know, big wave surfing wasn't really, um, you know, and especially like jet skis and jet skis to tow, like tow in and stuff like that, you know, it's like relatively new, you know. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's quite, quite an exciting period. Have you got any memories that stand out from back then? Um, yeah, yeah, like I did a really good, like a really good video. Um, a guy called Anthony Butler is from Plymouth, and he was uh, filming. He did a couple of classic films, like uh, performance surfing films, like Performing Monkeys, and I think there was another one. I can't remember. I can't remember the name. Anyway, well, he he started filming with him, and he came up with this idea, like to do like a little documentary. Um, which was a good at that time, like that was good motivation, you know, like, okay, right, we're gonna do this. Yeah. This documentary, you know, like a big wave documentary. So it's like me, Al Manny and and Anthony Butler filming. That was a whole winter, I think. I think that was two thousand and seven. So And when did you start getting introduced to places like uh Nazare? So that was like um that was like two thousand and ten. If you only go to one spot, like big waves, sometimes, you know, sometimes you have a bad winter, so you, you, you limit yourself to actually surf, not surfing that much, you know, big waves. Um, so it was always like, okay, like, it's, like island's great, but I want to surf big waves more, so I'm going to have to travel, you know, like. Right. Um, and then, sort of, when, but where you travel is kind of hard, like, because as soon as you start going, long haul it gets really expensive yeah you know? so you have to think about more 
like Europe, I suppose, you need other like-minded people, you know? Well, I mean, that's one of the things I was really interested in, how you met that crew, really. Because obviously you're well known for working with Garrett a lot. Yeah. So how did that come about? Well, he, he just, he was in Portugal um, by himself, like, who, and, like, the town of Nazaré had, like, sort of reached out to him and said, like, come and surf Nazaré. He rocked up by himself and was like, well, you know, it's great, like, but... Like he, hadn't, he, hadn't, he needed people around him to yeah, help him yeah. surf, you know. Like so, like he he emailed. Did he, you know him? No, no. So he's out of the blue. Out of the blue, yeah. And he sort of said, "Oh, you know, like, like I think he, there's a couple like he'd a couple of the Portuguese guys he'd been surfing with him, but they weren't confident or that it was it it wasn't working. So he said, you know, come down and just." Help me do safe, you know, do safety for me. What was that like? It must have been quite uh, random. It's pretty, it's pretty random, yeah. <laughs> and, like, I was blagging it really because I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm really good at driving the ski and yeah. beach breaks. I'd never driven the ski in a beach right. break, really. You know, okay. like, it was just like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's quite a beach break to be yeah, like, and driving so a ski it's around like, in. Yeah, so it was um, in at the deep end, really. I guess if you're going to learn. Yeah, and you learn from the best. Yeah, you know, like, did you did you recognise that as like okay? This well, I just, is, I was this just is like, opportunity. This, yeah, kind of knocking. this is like yeah. opportunity, like gold. And then like, you know, I, I, at this point, I suppose I was a semi-professional surfer because I had a few sponsors and I was earning like a little bit of money. Yeah, like to travel, like, um, but I was still working as a lifeguard and still um, doing the odd plumbing job and. Um, to earn extra cash and um, and then that that opportunity came up and like Garrett, me and Garrett got on. Um, I think he he I was really lucky really because I suppose he invested time into me. What do you think he saw in you to do that? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he just thought oh, he, like I'm pretty quiet and I mean, and I'm. Like willing to learn, I suppose. Right. You know, and was it intimidating? Yeah, and Garrett was really intimidating. I think he's changed a lot now. Like, but then, like that's 2010, 11. He got the world record in 2012, I think. But those first two years, like, he was on a mission. Yeah, like, he seems he, like a focused. Yeah, man. and it was like he would just he would just shout at, like just shouting a lot of shouting. <laughs> like, right. like he's he's like he. He was obviously he had seen the potential in Nazare. Um, there was no one there, and I suppose he for him it was like okay, right, we can surf some some of the biggest waves in the world here, but I need a tight guys that know what they're doing. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like so. So would you say he's the pioneer of of that wave? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he used to treat every day like it was a hundred foot. Right. And he goes right. Every time we surf together, it's a hundred foot. Doesn't matter if it's five foot, ten foot, twenty foot. It's a hundred foot. So like, you don't miss a pickup. You don't like. You want to go into every wet. Do you know what I mean? So like, that's what he was, sort of like instilling. Yeah. The kind of focus that you would need yeah. when it was a hundred foot. Yeah. For example. And you're not. And so so then when it is a hundred foot, you're not in pieces like. Ugh, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You know. You have done it a million times. Yeah. Because so, those days only come once in a blue moon. You know. Yeah. So yeah, and and so, so for me, like coming from obviously from Devon. Long way from Saunton. Long way from Saunton. And then, like, having, like, that information at my fingertips. Yeah. Like, that's, I, I, you know, 
that's an opportunity that, like, even if you're a Hawaiian or wherever you're from, having those opportunities are, are golden. But like for me, I was like, this is like, no, no one else is going to get this opportunity. You know, like I need, to, I want to go with it. Yeah, because it's like we were saying just before we started recording. Obviously, to do what you do. You need to be a good surfer, you need to be fit, you need to understand the ocean, you need to be a meteorologist, you need to be able to drive a <laughs> ski, you know, yeah. there's, there's so much that goes into it. And it's, I mean, do you think this is, when your relationship with Garrett started developing, this is when you kind of really started to get the skills that you needed to get where you are now? Um, yeah, no, I, I think the, you know, even like now, like, because like now, like a lot of the, probably younger kids and younger big wave surfers who probably don't even really know how to drive a ski, you know, like, and because obviously toe surfing is not, not as prominent anymore. And, um, you know, so there aren't many people that can do everything. Yeah. And, and I found that people are more willing to want you to, to do stuff like, you know, like that's why, you know, I was with Maverick say, and Jamie, like, oh, come with us. Cause you, we can rotate and you can do safety as well. You know, like it's quite handy to have all, all these skills. You you end up you find yourself being invited to more sessions to join in because yeah, you're not yeah. you're not like no you no one's carrying you. You know, like yeah. you're not like that. Um, not a place to be carrying someone, I imagine. Well, no, but like like sometimes like if if the, you're traveling with guys who, who can't drive a ski, or maybe they can drive a ski, but you know they're, they're maybe not you know that yeah that's not high you know on their things that they can do or yeah, yeah. have done a lot, then they don't always, they can't, they can't rotate in your, in your, you know, like we surf in like a three. So like now when we paddle Nazare, for example, there'd be three of us and one jet ski and we'll all rotate, you know, like, so, so someone can take turns doing rescue or driving the ski or back up, you know. And if you got, there's three of you and one of you can't drive the ski, <laughs> it's yeah. not much fun yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. so so yeah it does, it, it, those, all those skills have, have come in really handy so it, I mean there must be quite a camaraderie among that group yeah you know everyone's I think everyone wants the same thing you know like having hanging out with like like minded people is I think is a real a, a, a it's going to help, you know, helps with achieving things. You know, yeah. Like either surfing big waves or doing projects or, you know, so, yeah, yeah. and you can't do it alone. Like, like one man bands, just, you know, it's not, it doesn't exist, you know. And at the same time, so you just, you talked about the film that you were making in Ireland, um, but you're all, you've also been involved with like a lot of film projects. Yeah. So, and you've done a lot of stuff with Mikey Corker, right? Yeah, that's what, yeah. Um, so... Was that just something that was developing at the same time? Looking back, like, it was probably the beginning of, without even realising it, like, again, it's like projects and producing something or being involved in, you know, creating content, you know, <laughs> like, that is going to help you, again, do what you want to do. Like, I want to go surfing, but, you know, so does everyone wants to go surfing. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like... It's a way of helping you do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, but... Like, why, why is anyone going to pay me to go surfing? Because, you know, that, that's, there's loads of people that want to go surfing and get surfing. But, you know, but if you're producing something or have a project or something, it's a good reason for someone to go, oh, actually, yeah, you know, like, you're making something, aren't you? I mean, something like Beneath the Surface, which is obviously 
pretty involved idea. Was that something that you and Mikey came up with together, or how did, how did that one come about? Um, oh, that that was like uh, <laughs> that's. I think that's it, that has been like a, an idea. Like that's five years in the of making, you know, and then like having uh, the support of someone like Red Bull make those projects possible. When I first saw that wave, I knew that it would, it, you know, you could we could do something really good with it. Um, but I knew it wouldn't be simple. <laughs> so therefore, sometimes when you need like the help of 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 a company like like Red Bull, you know, like who can help join, you know, dot the dots, join the team, you know, yeah, whatever, yeah. you know, like and, and make it happen. Yeah. And so, then and then you know like um, everything just sort of came together, but unfortunately the surf didn't really come together. You know, that was a, a pretty disappointing from a surfing point of view. It was pretty disappointing. But how long did you work on that project? Uh, well, the the project was actually um, it was only like a six month project, but it was we had been sort of working or like okay, right, you know, been out there a couple of times and sort of you know like it it had been bubbling for for quite some time. Because you just won. At Waimea, right? The, uh, we won, the, yeah, we won at the uh, Asian Film Festival. Yeah, you must yeah. be stoked about that. Yeah, it was amazing, actually. Yeah, but they've um, they've shown a few of our films or a few of Mikey's films, um, and uh, this is the first year I've actually went out there and um, I went, actually went to the film festival and did some talks and um, it was epic. Yeah, and and to, and to win an award like it was um, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant because we were up against some really you know, not just surf movies, but also some really amazing like, wildlife movies and stuff like that, you know, like, some, it's a pretty big one, so that's yeah, cool. Yeah, that's a great achievement. Yeah. Um, and what about, have you got any other ideas on the go? You... Yeah, like, you know, you know, like, ideas and, you know, it's, it's ongoing, even if they don't, some of them materialise, you know, like, and, like, actually end up getting, like, a bit of money behind it and, and, and you know, coming out or whatever and some you know just always stay on the notepad you know? <laughs> like, yeah yeah you know never yeah. actually come out yeah um but, we, but again we've been i've been with, with mikey like um for all, like all of december november december and we were we were working on a new project um so i think we, we shot enough to to make a trailer and hopefully you know that, that it will come get bigger but it might it might just you know only ever be a trailer yeah. <laughs> in, in development know. yeah in development and what about um other wave missions for this winter you got anything lined up uh well yeah you know like unfortunately the manil probably have to take a couple, couple of weeks out but um there is a huge low at the minute like i, I it's funny like now you know like Big wave surfing is such a small community, and I was had, had a few messages this morning like it looked like Morocco was going to be really good for Thursday, but so if I wasn't injured, I'd be looking at flights to go to Morocco. Yeah. To see, yeah. Where would you surf there? Um, there's uh, there's a, like a spot which is sort of relatively new down there. Okay. Which um, 
there's like a big waste spot. Yeah, yeah. But there's loads, there's loads of sick waste in there. But yeah, there's just one particular spot, place that they're gonna surf it on Thursday, Friday, I think. You were in Nazare the start of January, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's that experience like? So in, I think it's called After the Storm. There was that clip doing the round. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you talk us through how it works? Like if you if you like when you get there and like right, we're gonna go out. Like what's what's the procedure? I don't really think about it to be honest. I don't I don't know. Like there is no sort of set procedure, I suppose. I don't think I really get like, ner- like nervous. I try and have like goals, like specific goals of what I want to do. Right. Um, oh, that's, I've really answered that question really badly, haven't I? Sorry. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> what I'm getting at is, you know, I surf and I do get scared. You know what I mean? Like if I surf mm. beyond my limits, you know, for me, like if I'm in double overhead, really, I'm pretty, you know, gripped a little bit. Like, yeah. And it's a different experience than if I'm, yeah, like in, in waist to shoulder high waves, you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. and, and I guess even but, though you're but, surfing like massive waves, I'm wondering if it's the same to get to the point where you're like, actually, yeah, this is punchy, you know, like, and yeah, but you know, of course, I do, you know, like you get like the ocean scary, isn't it? Yeah, you know, like, so I'm not like saying that, oh, yeah, you don't get scared, it's like, you know, it's just blase all the time, yeah, it's, it's because you know, I have a lot of respect for the ocean, so. You know, you, you can't lose that respect. Otherwise, you know, you, you could die, drown, you know, or one of your mates could die, you know, if you'd, if you'd taken it, you know, not taking it serious, you know. Yeah. Um, but there's a difference between, like, being scared and not doing something and being scared and embracing it. Yeah, okay. You know, like, so when you're, when it's double overhead and you're scared, like, does it make you want it more? Does it make you focus more and like help you push over the ledge or well, that's when it gets fun right yeah because once you once you push once you face up like or take that fear or that feeling and like sort of embrace it and that's what you get enjoyment out of yeah. because then you then you go back no way i was shitting it then and yeah, yeah. And i want to did it yeah like wow that's good you know like so and of course that threshold goes up bigger what you like you can move that threshold so like um, you know, one you know, double overhead scary. But then when you when you hit that scene in a couple of times, and you you can move that. So now like triple overheads, like yeah. scary. You know, like. Um, but it doesn't. You know, like you can you can still get injured or drown in what double overhead. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Like, of course. Yeah. You know, so it's it, like all of it's. You know, all of it can be dangerous you know, so. obviously the question you must get asked a lot is like what's it like when you you know wipe out get held down <laughs> like blah blah you know do you, I was reading something where you said actually I kind of I, I try and relax into it yeah. almost you know is that is that something you can ever get used to that yeah, feeling uh, definitely yeah um, and I think uh, you also you have to enjoy the bad things to to be able to experience the good so yeah. and like this is, I had an experience very early on, where uh, when I was work, started working with Garrett, um, and it taught me a lot. And yeah, we'd been it was like two thousand, I think, eleven or something, and we'd been it was just me and him. We'd been towing Nazare like all day. Um, I sort of fallen quite early on, like sort of decided to call it quits. So I was literally just driving the ski. And then pretty much at the end of the day, he decided like he was going to paddle. And it was like probably like 40 to 60 feet. 
and he's like, oh, can you do safety for me? And I'm like, yeah, okay. And um, so he starts paddling, paddle surfing, and he's sitting there, and this, this mental set comes, and he's like, you know, I'm like, do you want to get on the ski? Like, you probably, and he's like, no, no, I think I'm, I'm you know, second one. And I'm like, maybe the second one, you might be in the right place. And, and then it sort of, as this wave came, it, like, it was just, it, it was a giant, one of those giant peaks, and it was become apparent that it was just like, there's no way that <laughs> he was going to be in the spot to, you know, to paddle into it. You know, it was right. break right in front of him. Right. And, um... But I, I was, I, I, I left it too late. I can get him, you know. Like so, I was just like had to watch him, <laughs> and um, he was, uh, you know, this is the like before I call like the flotation, you know, the, the pulley float vest and stuff like that. He, so he just had like like a float suit, so like just um, padding in his wetsuit, and um, and he, I saw him get off his board, and I was like, oh my god, like it's like watching slow mo car crash, you know, like, and he, and he. This wave just basically broke on him, and um, and he just disappeared. And then, and I, oh god, like it's like looking for him, and I didn't see him. And then another wave came, and like, and then he surfaced like, like a few feet from me when I was looking for him on the ski. And I was like, oh shit, like, is he gonna come up? You know, like, I've never seen anyone take a wave that big on the head. Right. You know, like so for, for me. He'd just done the like the impossible. I've never, you know. Right. I was like, "Can you survive it? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. like, what's going to happen now? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, so like, oh shit, he's done. Yeah, yeah, like, like shit, like, yeah. What, what, what do I do? Like, um, and he came up like smiling, right? Like, and for him, like, he had just caught that wave, like, he, and he'd obviously had probably the most horrific beating of his life. Like, he 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 dove down, and. Because he was wearing a float suit, he couldn't dive, and he got sucked over with the wave. Right. So you imagine like, that impact, and and but he was buzzing, like, and his adrenaline was so so full on. Um, like he'd like caught the wave, you know, like he 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 loved it. Yeah. And I was like, and like so, so I was like, shit, like you actually have to enjoy enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. To even wanna surf a wave that big. Okay. So that, that was a breakthrough. So for me, yeah, because you like, well, one he just. Taught me that was humanly possible to survive yeah, that, and not only survive it, but enjoy it. And, but yeah, and yeah. enjoy it. And right. and you have you have to be able to be prepared to do that and enjoy that to even come close to surfing it. Yeah, that makes sense. Because um, you train a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, you, know, you know, like it's to prep for it, though, because obviously yeah, the physical yeah. demands that you put on yourself yeah, are you, fairly full on, right? Yeah, you know, like I think training's definitely changed um a lot in the last few years for me like i do more stretching and things like that and um do you have a sort of regime you know what i mean that you do uh, yeah i try to i try to get into a little routine yeah um it's it's sometimes it's not always easy you know but it's like when i'm at home i use a personal trainer and like he's a good mate and um so i do a lot of training with him what kind of training do you do? Um, we do a lot of like functional, I suppose you call it functional fitness. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, like, um, so a lot of body weight stuff and right. uh, stuff that, that like we've worked on that I think is actually going to make uh, you know, a difference to my surfing, I suppose. You know, like, like I also try and mix it up, like a bit of swimming, a bit of yoga, you know, and I, I enjoy like uh, cycling, so... so. Um, try and get out on the bike as much as possible. Do you do like a 
work on your sort of ability to hold your breath? Is that uh, something yeah, that, we do, that, do, you, yeah. that you would need to do? Um, you, you, know, you don't need to do it, but it's something that um, I, I have done in the past and, and I still do. And like uh, in Portugal, uh, just before Christmas actually, like I was doing some breath hold stuff with uh, with a couple of guys. And it's just a fun, it's a, you know, like it's a fun thing to do. You know, and it gives you confidence. But like, uh, I think training and that and, and exercises, I just enjoy it. So it's never like, I don't go, oh no, I've got to go training. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, you know, you want it. Like, you, I think exercises is, is is good, like good fun. So yeah. Like. So when you look back on your career, what what kind of like surfing career? Obviously, what <laughs> milestones? Uh, well, you can say plumbing as well if you want. Yeah. Um, what milestones stand out? I don't, I don't, I'm really cheating in that way. I've never won anything. Well, you'd have to have won something to have achieved something, though, right? No, I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. Like, there must be sessions that you remember. Yeah. Waves like, that you remember. There's, there's definitely waves, you know, like. Um. Yeah, there's a few waves that I'm like, yeah, like, no, it's a pretty sick wave, you know. Like one of my big dreams or goals has always been like, you know, like to win uh, XXL award or like to, you know, to get that world record or something like that, you know. And and they're always they're still there, you know, like, and they're they're the big ones, you know. Just, you know, haven't, those times haven't come yet. Right. Hopefully they will. Still goals that you've got. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah. You know, and. Um, you know, and I'd say as a big wave surfer, my career is relatively still quite young. That's true, actually, isn't it? Because a lot of the boys are—they're coming on fifty, forties, fifties, like, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Like Garrett's fifty next year. Carlos Burley. That's amazing, isn't it? Fifty. You know, um, and they seem to be getting better. Like Carlos Burley was at Mavericks, and like, and he's—I think he's forty-nine, maybe fifty this year, and um, and he got some of the best waves there. You know? Right. Like, you know, like. Do you think big wave surfing attracts a certain type of personality? Yeah, maybe. What 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 would that look like? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I suppose we're all like a little bit. I don't know. Like, like a bit of pain, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, like I, it's for, for me. Like, for my surfing, and I, I can't sort of say for like anyone else, but. Like I'm never quite content with, like, with just like normal, you know. Like, like I'm never quite content with just surfing Croyd. Yeah. You know, like, you know, and and uh, so I've I've always felt that need that I need to push it, you know, as right. far as I can get away with it. <laughs> right. And maybe that goes with you know a lot of things I do, whether it's like training or you know or whatever, you know, like. Yeah. You know, it's just like you know. So, which is, I think it can be good, a good thing to have. You know. Yeah, yeah. What's the hardest thing about what you do? The hardest thing? Um, I think the hardest thing for, for me, and the, again, like, it's not it's not hard because it's like, you know, like, like, I'm like, you'd be like, oh, poor you. <laughs> the hardest Tiny thing violin. is, yeah, um, yeah, the hardest thing I think would be, and maybe it's hard for other people actually, not actually for me, but like, like 
going, oh, can you come here next week and do this? And I'll be like, yeah, if there's no swell, you know, you know, like not having that schedule. Yeah. Know, like, and that, and that's kind of hard all around because it's not like if I was like a professional footballer, like I got my match fi- fix li- fixture list year in advance. You know where you're going to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've got my training regime and my diet all set out, you know, like, yeah. whereas I don't know where I'm going to be from one day to the next sometimes, you know, and that can be hard for family, birthdays, you know, like all of it, you know, it's kind of be, because you're in a battle as well, because like, you don't want to let the person down or, you, you know, you know, I really want to do this, but I don't want to miss it. It could be like the biggest ever or, you know, I could get that wave that I've wanted all my life or, so you're internally having a battle as well. Um, and you, you, you like, I do, I do that a lot. Sometimes I even go somewhere and then you go, and I'll be looking at the charts for somewhere else going, oh, I should have gone there maybe, you know, like, so it's something that I... That's just surfing though, right? Yeah, maybe it is. Everybody does that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, you know... It's going to be better down the road. Yeah. <laughs> Spend all day just checking it and then rush yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, um, So, yeah, you know, and, and so that is kind of, it's... That's not that's not a great great thing. It's kind of hard. I suppose it's probably hard to quite hard to live in there. Oh, well, pretty obvious question, but you know, it's difficult. Must be. I guess it must be fairly difficult to balance with being a. You know, you're married, right? Yeah, yeah. A husband and yeah. a dad to two kids. I mean. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, it's not. Um, but you know, it comes with its. its you know, it's comes with positive as well. You know, like. I travel with the family a little bit and we we were all just in Hawaii and you know, nice. like, do, do you know what I mean like and so you know that's something uh, my took my kids you know shark diving and you know like things that I dreamed about doing when I was like yeah, yeah. four and nine you know like um, and I've you know my kids have had the opportunity to do that you know, yeah. you know and hopefully they'll continue to have those opportunities for you know future as well you know so how often are you away like what's the split I suppose well quite a lot it depends what, what I'm doing you know like I've been away a lot this year like I don't I've barely been I think I've been home for about two days since October two or three days um, but I've, it's been quite a busy year like I've, I've committed to a couple of projects and and then we all went away as a family to Hawaii and then I was back home for a day and then I went away again you know it's just it's it's constant you know yeah which is what yeah it's great it's how, it's how I like it yeah one thing I was interested in is for ordinary surfers say someone who's going to go to like I don't know Maldives or mm. Mentalize or whatever what advice would you give them to make the most of that experience what could he learn from you I have like my goals, yeah, and so, and I think, and and this is this has worked. It's worked for me since I started doing this. Was writing things that I want to do down. Okay, what ahead of like every trip or? Um, well, no, like at first, like I did it as in like goals in in life, right? Like, like life goals. They literally write a list. Yeah. Yeah. And but but now I do that I do it with surfing like sometimes so I have my like goals for the year but then I might have like my goals for the session 
Like, so sometimes I go, right, I only want to get three waves, you know, but I want like a specific wave, you know, like, or like sometimes I only want one wave, but I want the biggest wave of the whole session. Right. You know, like, okay. like and I'm going to go, go regardless. Yeah. You know, like, um, so like, so having, so yeah, so, so if you, before you start your trip, having just like a set of goals. Yeah. Okay. I want to practice my top hands. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I want to catch a six foot wave or yeah. 10 foot wave on. Do you still do that now then? Like yeah. write goals down? Yeah. And how do you, how does that help you? It just gives me a bit of like, um, a focus and, and like, so, you know, and also things like, like you do things that, you know, are they like, are they hook like things like, so like hooks and helpers, you know, like things that are going to help you achieve your main goal or things that are just going to hold you back, you know, like, um, you know, so if I want to win, like, yeah, the biggest way of the year award for the XXL awards, whatever, you know, like, you know, like, you know, I'm not going to get it surfing at Salton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, fair point. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, you, you know, like, I'll put, like, okay, like, where are the places that I can get this and, yeah. and what storms and, you know, like, and so, yeah, and everything that's going to, Put, put, send me that way, like my helpers, and but like, like getting injured surfing Putzbra, yeah, you know, like it's not going to help you. It's not going to help me. No, right? so you know, like, so and and or so I, I'm actually like not that much like people say, oh, you're a bit of a risk taker, you know, like it's like you know because like it's calculated. Re- like I I couldn't think of anything worse of like you know injuring myself not doing something that I love. You know, like, yeah, so. Yeah, which is like I've, I've, I've almost come a cropper actually because uh, I started taking I used to skateboard a lot when I was younger and that's how I first injured my ACL when I was young in my knee and taking the kids skating I started to try start skateboarding a little bit now as well and I've had to come close a couple of times when I was like well you've got to stop yourself you've got to be careful <laughs> a good friend of mine broke his hip skateboarding yeah 38 he was nearly had to have a hip replacement well yeah yeah, and like, that was like the most innocuous fall. That she just fell on a mini ramp, broke his hip. Yeah, yeah, yeah young man's game that one, isn't it? Skate, skateboarding dads, you know. And it's, I'm, I'm kind of a hard not to get involved. Quite, quite into it. So it's like, yeah. So. Okay, if you could only surf one more time, where would you surf? It would be. Do you know what? It would probably be like a perfect point break, a right hand point break. You got one in mind? Probably like. Um, like if it was in England, like at home, it'd probably be like down in point or something like that. Um, but like if I, could, you know, had a golden ticket, it'd probably be like somewhere in Indo, like Nias or something like that, where I can get bowed. What, what board would you surf? You can have any that you've ever surfed. Any that I've ever surfed. Yeah. Um, I'd have. I had like a magic board. Um, with uh, when I worked at Goldstream, like a six-one, and it was like the best board I've ever ever had, and uh, it would be that one. I asked you at the beginning what surfing meant to you when you started. So what does it mean to you now? It's just life, isn't it? You know, it's just, it's, yeah, I suppose, you know, now it's a profession, it's a career, it's, it's a job, but it's never a job, is it? Like, <laughs> like it's just, you know, it's, it's fun. It's like, you know, it's, it's not, it hasn't changed, you know, although it has massively changed, it hasn't changed. If that makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's something that 
you know, it's, it's not something that, like maybe like if you're a professional footballer or whatever, like you, you retire, don't you? And you probably never play football again, you know. But I can I can always say that I'd probably surf forever. It's something that I always want to do. Yeah. So even if I wasn't doing it as a job, I'd still want to go surfing. You know, I still want to get barreled, or I still want to surf a big wave, or you know, like I still want to try and scare myself, or you know, like it was all things that I'd do anyway. So. And do you surf for your kids? Yeah. What's that like? It's it's awesome. Yeah. Like it's got, like I have to like try not to be like a pushy dad. Like I, I love taking the kids surfing, but but you know sometimes they're into it, sometimes they're not, and it's 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 just giving them the tools as if they want to do it then they yeah. do it you know like like not trying to force them surfing or anything like that or you know because sometimes actually like ace rather jump the waves usually uh you know and same with honey or you know like sometimes she's into it and like it's you know she, she, and some of the times she's not so it's got like is what it is yeah how do you relax I don't think I I don't think I do relax I don't think no? No. Maybe, like, I don't really watch TV. I probably spend too much time on my phone. Um, I'm all, yeah. Like, I suppose the, the relaxing times are, like, times hanging out with family, I suppose. So, yeah, like, going down the beach with the kids or something like that. It's a good... I think we're good. All yeah. good? Yeah. Thanks very much. No worries. Thanks, thanks very much. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, that was cool. So there you go. That was Andrew Cotton. Great talk, I thought, with some real choice nuggets in there. I really enjoyed the bit about his list writing habit, which I think you could tell he was, Cotty was wondering, oh, should I really talk about this? And obviously it was really fascinating hearing him talk about getting the call out of the blue from Garrett McNamara and how he handled that. And some words to live by in there as well, really. You need to experience the bad to get the good. I mean, ain't that the truth? So yeah, there you go. That was episode two of the Looking Sideways podcast. Thanks for listening or downloading or both. I very much appreciate that. As ever, if you like the show, please help spread the word by leaving a review on iTunes, uh, sharing it on social media, or by simply opening your mouth and telling your friend about it the old-fashioned way, which I think is probably my preferred means of uh, viral marketing. So until the next time, thanks for listening.